All right, Jayla. Good morning. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I slept very well last night. I did too. I mean, I woke up early, but I think my body was just saying, wake up now. <laughs> wake up and lay here for a minute or read or whatever. I coughed for like a second. We should say we went to bed around 1030. Yeah. And, or rather, that's when we said goodnight to each other. I fell asleep about 10 minutes later. Yeah. Woke up around 12 coughing, but was only up for a few minutes. Actually turned on Sirius XM. Yeah. And completely spaced out on that until this but, morning. Yeah. When I picked up my phone, put on my headphones, and saw that there was music playing. Like, <laughs> You're oh, like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> this is bluegrass. Yeah. And then I fell back asleep. I woke up briefly around five only because you went to the bathroom, came back up and then like hit my toes. But then I was like back out again for right. another hour and a half. Well, and then I decided to, um, after I came back, I decided to read. A good book. Oh, stop. But I didn't even hear you after you touched my toes. I was out again. Yeah. So I probably slept for little under eight hours total. That's good. Yes. My body was just saying... You should wake up and do something a little bit. Uh, so how long did it take you between waking up and going to use the bathroom? I couldn't tell you. Um, was it a while, though? It was a while, but I mean, I wasn't like super tired. I I had a good, I don't know, seven hours sleep already. Six, six and a half, seven hours sleep. So I was kind of, um, my body was just uh, raring to get up, I guess. We should also say mm-hmm. that after we did this yesterday, yeah. you wanted to take a nap. I did. And you ended up sleeping for about two hours. I was only out Roughly for... Roughly two hours, yes. I was out for maybe 45 minutes. Yeah, I was really tired. And, and, and when I woke up, my eyes were... Well, actually, you were the one who woke me up, and my eyes were heavy. Felt Still felt really heavy. But um, eventually, I'm like, okay, okay, better get up now. Time to get up. I'm glad you did, babes. Yes. This morning, we were talking in bed, and then I started playing you some uh, Jaws Peterson. He really... Yeah, his um, stuff is really uh, obscure, and stuff that... Some some of the stuff that he plays hasn't even come out yet, officially. Yeah, he's probably my favorite radio DJ. He's really good. He is. Yeah. Yes. Very good. Do you find yourself listening to BBC Six when I'm not here? I have not yet. Um, is that... Am I able to get it on the dot? Yes, I oh. get it on the dot. Okay. Okay, I have I have not, but that doesn't mean I won't. Okay. Can I also get, like, a BBC Scotland? Yes, you can. Really? Yeah, I think you have access to all the BBC channels. Okay. Now, if you had an Android phone yes. or an iOS device... Yeah. Their app, BBC Sounds, is really good, and it allows you to listen to uh, programming that's been released in, like, the last month. Oh, really? So that's kind of nice. Um, Tell me again. Take the Floor comes on on Sundays? Saturdays. Saturdays, okay. Yes. And I have a lot of their stuff archived. You do? Yes, yes. I do. Very good. But they do, Gary Anus does his request show. Anus. On Sundays. It's Innis. 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 Yes. But we were listening to Giles Peterson. Yes. Got out of bed. And 
we're kind of like chilling out in the kitchen we ate. Oh, I think the reason I was listening to the bluegrass on Sirius was because we're not only talking about Sirius, but I think we mentioned bluegrass yesterday. Yeah, but you, but you turned it off and you turned down, you turned on Charles Peterson show because I didn't hear it. And then, uh, we ate the leftover pasta salad we made last night. It was really good. Yes. I have, I still have to clean out the uh, bowl and the ladle because I completely forgot about that. But, um, it was delicious. Uh, drank some pineapple juice. It's good stuff. Yes. It was a good morning. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I had fun too. Yes. Yes, We got to enjoy every good morning we have. That's right. That's right, Jewel. Yesterday, babes, Mm -hmm. before we made the pasta, no, it was, I'm sorry, it was after, before we ate the pasta salad. You and I entered the Twilight Zone. Oh yes, da, 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 da. and that was a that was an interesting interesting journey. Do you want to take the first episode about the devil, and I'll handle the recap of the one where the guy stranded? Okay, yes. So if I remember correctly, there's this guy named uh, Walter Bettiger who is a super. Uh, he he's a mitochondriac. Is that the right word? Mitochondriac, because he thinks that he's he's about ready to die. We're going to go with that for now. Yes. So uh, he gets back to his, you know, he he goes to the doctors. Um, the the doctor doesn't give him anything, but he gives his wife Ethel something because she looks really run down and and worn out because she's taking care of her husband and he thinks that he's going to die. So they go back to their house. Uh. He sees this interesting guy at his place. His name is, he calls himself Mr. Cadwalder. Cad, no, no, wait. Cad, Cadwalder? Something like that. Some weird name like that. The name is a little bit irrelevant because it's basically he's the devil. He's pretty much a devil in in a a human's body. And spoiler alert, the devil is British. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Anyway, so this guy uh, says... I'll tell you what, you will live forever. I can give you immortality for your soul. It's like, really? Yes. Oh, yes. Nothing can hurt you. Uh, Pretty much anyone can do what what they want to you, and you're not going to die. But everybody else will die. He said, and and, and by the way, there is one more thing. And he decides, no, you know what? I'm going to take it. I'd rather live and... Everybody else go except for me. The one more thing is, well, he doesn't. Exp- he doesn't find out until later. No, he, he. The devil tells him then what the one more thing is. I forgot what it was. It was if you, for whatever reason, change oh, your mind. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I will come and take you to hell with him. I will. I will. Yeah, I will find a a, be- a a quick way for you to die. Yes. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't quite say that he wanted to take him to hell, but it's it's implied. I'll ask you a, a, the, a theology question after this, but keep going. All right. So, there's all these things happening. Um, Mr. Badiger uh, jumps in front of a train. People are watching. They're horrified. They get over to him, and they're like, are you okay? And he's like, ah, get away from me, you know. And he's going through life and does the same thing over and over again. And he's like, I'm so bored you know, I want to, I want to go away and, you know, I want to die already. And, you know, what, what is there to life now? I've seen pretty much everything. I've done pretty much everything or that I want to do. So he, um, he asked his wife if if there's any ammonia and he mixes ammonia with, uh, what was it? Bleach, I think. 
and he drinks it and he's like, ugh, tastes like really bad lemonade. Uh-huh. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm trying to kill myself. It's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to jump off of the building and I'm going to go to the roof of our building and I'm going to jump off of the, I'm going to jump off the side of the roof. And he's like, she's like, no, 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 no. You can't do this. And as she's telling him to leave, she falls off of the roof. Am I right? Pretty much. Keep going. She falls off of the roof. So he calls the police and says, you have to come here, please. Uh, No, 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 nothing's wrong. I just, you know, I just killed my wife. He admits to killing her. He is uh, in court and he's like, do you understand what you're doing? You're, 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 you're going to be guilty of first degree murder. And he, he obviously doesn't care because he wants to die. He He wants the electric chair. He wants to have, he wants the electric chair, but he's sentenced to life in prison. So who does he find in prison? The devil. And, uh, Tell me again what happens at the end here. He's basically like, I don't want to do this, so uh, take me away, and the devil kills him. Yeah, and they're like, hey, hey, Doc, get the get the doctor. Uh, Badiger's uh, fallen dead. He had a heart attack. He had a heart attack, it, and 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 uh, I think uh, I think the devil's like, it looks like you're having a heart attack. Okay, so that's basically where the episode ends. I have yes. some questions for you. Okay. Do you believe in the idea that somebody could sell their soul to the devil, or is that just like a Hollywood thing? Uh, I think it's absolutely possible. Because I've, I've never why, had any offers on my soul. Well, I don't think you should sell your soul to the devil. Well, the devil's never offered me nothing. Oh. Okay. I, I, I honestly, I mean, someone can definitely give their life over to the devil for sure. Yes. You believe that as a, as a good Christian. I don't know. Bubs, would keep you going. Keep would, going. Would you keep stop going. it? I'm listening. I don't know necessarily selling their soul to the devil, but for sure giving giving their entire soul to the devil, yes. But it's not like what they make it seem like in this TV show or movies where the devil comes down and says, I'll give you $10 million for your soul. I think it's a lot more subtle than that. I think it's so subtle that the person who is being... Um, uh, manipulated, manipulated by the devil wouldn't uh, wouldn't know that. Then could the person get their soul back? I'm sure they could if they really wanted to. I don't think it's a forever thing. If you give your soul to the devil, you can you can take it back. Yes. If it's subtle, how do you we know that you haven't sold your soul to the devil? Well, you have to know how the devil works. Oh. He doesn't. He's not going to look like a guy with horns and pitchfork. A pitchfork. It could be in the form of anything really. Then that leads me back to that question. How do we know that you're not, uh, I, I haven't sold, I haven't given my soul to the devil, but you said it. So no, no, what I, said what I mean, what I'm bubs, Go ahead. listen to me. Go ahead. Ooh, you're soft as a baby's bottom. Oh my goodness. And what I mean is the devil works in a lot of different ways. And yes. it isn't just, uh, a clear cut thing where he bargains with people. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, I think the movies make it look like he does. No, but that's what I'm saying. How do we know that you haven't adopted devilish habits and that as a result, your soul has been sold? Because I, I cannot, uh, because I am a believer, I can't, I don't believe that I can ever be separated Oh. unless I separate myself. How do you know that you haven't done that already? 
I haven't, but Okay. Do you think it's possible for God to trade souls with the devil? Not like trade like he's going to be the devil now, but be like, uh, I really want Lance up here. Could I give you Tom in exchange for Lance if they're not dead? No, yet? I don't think he does that. No. Okay. It's it's a person's choice whether they want to go with God or the devil. Oh. But um, I think that if a person uh, has been a child of the devil for so long, they can, uh, they can leave. They can uh, get their... As as you said, as you have said it, get their soul back, so to speak. Interesting. While they're still alive. Okay. While they're still alive, there's still there's still hope for that person to um, get away from the devil. Yes. You know what? It would be a fascinating experience. Oh jeez. Here we go. What? I don't know. I don't know if I like this. You have a kid, and for the first ten years of the kid's life, you you like paint their nursery and then bedroom and like devil stuff. And instead of singing them lullabies, you play devil's music. You always have them dress up as Satan for Halloween. You talk about how, you know, we're the devil's family and all that stuff. That's a horrible Hold experiment. On. And then when they're 10, you say, all right, we're going to go to a church and corrupt these people. And meanwhile, you go there and you pretend to be saved. Not a and then from that point on, you you tell the kid, "Well, you've got to save your soul. You might be going to hell because you worship the devil." Bubs, what? that's a horrible experiment. Is it? Yes, it is. Okay, I don't and know. for that, <laughs> what's that for? <laughs> yeah, I didn't deserve to be tickled. I didn't. <laughs> oh, you have horrible ideas. No, I have okay, great ideas. Okay, tickle. Uh, maybe that one wasn't that good, but no, it was horrible. That's a, that's a tragedy. I have some good ideas. I'm sure that's been done before, right? No. Oh. That's stupid. That's stupid parenting. Really? Yes. Okay. And what, you know, you know what I think about what's it. Ah, uh, you could have caused me to die because of that. She's a pillow. Okay. What if I, I would have died? I didn't even hit you that hard. What if I would have died because of that? Oh, Bubs, I don't think you could die because of that, Bubs. Okay. You're fine. Okay. You're doing something with your blanket, babe. Yeah, I'm folding it again because I, I folded it wrong. Nice. I, I, I I'm. I'm. I like. I like making sure that when I fold stuff, it's neat. It's not sloppy, but yeah. that's just me. Good. Good. Anyway, so let's talk about this episode. <laughs> yeah. To me, the main guy is very selfish. Yes, he is. You would agree. Oh yes, yes he is. What do you think led his wife to marry him? Um. I'm guessing maybe in his younger days, because he was an old guy by then, right? Mm -hmm. I'm guessing maybe in his un younger days, he wanted to do things and see things and go places and what what have you. Want to try new things. And he just thought that maybe he thought about his own immortality and that really pushed him over the edge and just made himself uh, want to think that he was getting closer to death. It's a funny episode. Why is it funny? I, I thought it was funny. What part was funny? Well, I thought it was funny the way he sold his soul, the way that he was so neurotic that his wife needed medication, how he would just, like, you know, sue all these companies or threaten to, and then, like, the bus company would come and give him money because he fell in front of the bus. Well, I thought it was really funny when was in, when the when the wife left him there. He's like, uh... He, he's like, Ethel, I feel a coma coming on. He's like, okay, okay, I'm coming. Because the fan was blasting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the littlest, the silliest things would just make him think, oh, my goodness, I'm dying. Yeah. 
I it like it from that aspect, but yes. I felt that there should have been a little bit more character development. With him. Yes. yes. Because he doesn't get the death penalty. Why doesn't he appeal the case and plead insanity? Or oh, I know. if he has thousands of years, why doesn't he just break out of jail? Because presumably yeah. he could like, you know, run off and what are they going to do? Shoot him and watch the bullets bounce off of him? Yeah, because he wouldn't die anyway. So mm-hmm. he could just leave. I, I totally get that. And why would the devil want his soul? Why couldn't it have been, like, his wife's soul or something? Exactly. But, I mean, I think it's just a Hollywood thing, too. Keep in mind, they only had a half hour to work on these characters. Yeah. But I, So I like it, but you do have to kind of let some stuff go to really enjoy the episodes. I understand that, yeah. Mm-hmm. You do. Is there anything else we want to say about this? Um... So, do you do you think that his wife, Ethel, could have been close to leaving him? Absolutely. Because he, I mean, he, we, we see that she's probably a very long-suffering wife and wants to take care of her husband because, you know, as neurotic as he, he is, she's choosing to love him anyway, even though she could be close to leaving him. For good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, that would drive me completely insane. Oh. If I was married to somebody that was like, I'm getting sick here. I'm dying. Yes. Over and over again. That would not be fun. Yeah. Yes, babes. But would you recommend it to people? I would. Okay. Yes, I would. Well, good. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that, babes. Well, good. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Let's talk about an episode that I had seen before. I think it's called The Lonely. Yeah, that one was just, that one was crazy. I like this one. I like that too. It starts off, there's a man living on an asteroid because he had killed somebody on Earth uh, for self-defense and his sentence was to be isolated from the world and everybody on it. Yes. The exception being that once every three months, a crew will come by with these supplies. For him. Yes. Only. The captain of the crew believes that this guy is innocent and is struck up a bit of a friendship with him. So he'll bring him books when he doesn't have to. Yes. And one time he pulls him aside and says, listen, I don't know if they're going to overturn your case. I know that, you know, this is a weird circumstance that you're here. Mm -hmm. And so I bought you something that I think you're going to like where it's here. We're having the men unload it, but do me a favor Wait until we're gone to open it because um, it could get me in trouble if right. people know that I got you this. Crew leaves. Guy opens up the box, and it's a robot of a woman. And it's there's some uh, things about this woman like she she can hear, see, taste, smell, just like a human, and yeah. she sounds human. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of creepy actually. It and he thinks it's creepy. Yeah, it takes him a little bit of time to warm up to small wonder over here. Alicia was her name. Alicia. Uh, her, his name is Corey, too. Cor. Cor and Alicia. Corey and Alicia. Alicia? Cor and Alicia. Jeez. Oh, no, Corey and Alicia. <laughs> but eventually he does, and he's establishing this relationship with uh, Alicia. They're, he, yep. He, they're getting to know each other. He even admits that he loves her. She's becoming his old lady. About a year ago. His goes, old bot. Yes, his old bot. <laughs> Mrs. Roboto. Around a year later, the ship comes back, and they say, we got good news for you, Corey. Your sentence has been overturned, and we're going to take you off this asteroid. Not only 
that, but no one else is going to suffer the indignity of being put here out into space. Yeah. We have 20 minutes because there's this big storm, and if we don't get taken off by then, we're going to be trapped on this rock forever. Yep. You can bring 15 pounds worth of stuff, and he's like, this is great. I don't have a lot of stuff. Let me just go get Alicia. And then they're like, um. No, you can't get her. You can't bro, take her. Bro, she counts as your stuff. Yeah, it's like, well, wait a minute. She's, she's more than 15 pounds. She's a woman. And she's like, no, no, she's a robot. They go over to where Alicia's sitting down. The captain who bought Alicia for this guy takes out a gun, Shoots blows her. her face off. Yes. She's, and as she's, and as she's saying, Corey, her, her, she malfunctions. And Corey is taken back to Earth. And she, and he can't do anything but accept the fact that, well, I guess, uh, I can't, there's nothing else I can do. I really like this episode. That was a strange episode, though. But, but Twilight I like it. Zone is supposed to be strange. But I, I like it. It's just very strange and a little bit weird. That's the whole thing about the show. It's not meant to, oh, this is such a normal TV program. I know. I okay. know. It's for sci-fi fans, if we will. Okay, Jewel. Paranormal fans, if we will, too. How do you think Corey's experience with Alicia has changed him? Oh, I know what, what, how it's, it's, it's changed him. Tell me. Because since he's been, uh, we, we assume that he's been on that asteroid for, for a long, long time. He says at the uh, beginning it's been five, four and a half four years. Four and a half years. And we're assuming that it's another year with Alicia. So about five and a half to six years. So, so. In a 50 year sentence. Right. So, um, a very light, a very, uh, a much lighter sentence, but. I think that because he is now coming back to his own people, that he probably values relationships a lot more because Alicia was like a substitute for all that, mm -hmm. for human relationships. And that just means that human relationships are so much more important. I would imagine it would be more important to him. How do you think Corey looks at society after this entire experience? Because mm -hmm. we're led to believe that he killed somebody in self-defense. Mm -hmm. And he's isolated from a community. He gets a shot at love and then the robot gets a shot to the face. Right. And he's kind of like has to leave the rock. Yeah. What do you think he thinks of his fellow man now? Um... Well, I'm thinking maybe he's probably confused. And also, he probably thinks that the justice system has, uh, is, is corrupt because of how he was, he ended up on that asteroid. Would you say? That would be my assumption. And I don't know how he feels about, um, I'm guessing it's Mr. Allenby, the captain. Yes. Because he was the one who, who killed the robot. But Alan or, B. also or, gave him. Alan, Alan B. also gave him the robot. Maybe, here's what I also think too. Maybe the reason why he gave him that robot is so that when it's time for him to go to Earth, he can appreciate uh, human contact even more. That's not why he did it. Why? He did it because he knew that Corey was lonely. And when he gave Corey the robot, the assumption was that Corey had another 46 years on the planet uh. and was likely not going to live long enough to see uh, oh, freedom. okay. That's my assumption. Okay. Well, uh, it could go either way, but... Oh. What do you think this episode teaches us about isolation? 
It's not good for humans to be isolated from each other, as I've said in other podcast episodes. Because we are why uh, wired. We are designed to be with people. We are designed to be in community, as some people would say. Uh, and to isolate us is just inhumane. Let's say yeah. it's a thousand years from now. And we can assume that our technology will keep increasing, all that good stuff. But we're still going to have laws. Mm-hmm. By now, it's possible we figured out a way to live on an asteroid. Do you think this type of sentence would be inhumane or a good thing for somebody who's killed another human being? Uh, I don't know that it would be inhumane. It's it's a weird sentence. Mm. It's like sentencing... It's like sentencing someone to the moon or something. I don't know. Oh. And we're going to have a story about that coming up. But Really? Based on what we watched last night. Really? There's another one like that? No, I'm talking about what we watched last night. Yes. Yes, I know. I mean, I was doing some medical work during it, so I, oh I didn't watch my. it as much as you did. But No, you weren't. Yes, I was. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Okay, anyway. um, Back to this episode. Back to the subject at hand. Perfection is perfection. Let them understand. All right, all right, all right, all right. We're not quoting here. You know what that? Who said that? No one. I really don't care. Snoop Dogg. Okay. Or Snoop Doggy Dogg. Snoopy. Snoop Dogg. All right. Okay. But but no, I mean. Alana doesn't like it when I quote rap, rap lyrics. Not really. It's kind of annoying. Oh no, it's not. Keep going, babes. Perfection <laughs> is perfection. So let them. Bubs. From a young G's perspective. All right. Stop. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Bubs, I love you, but stop it. Okay, keep going, babes. Okay. Don't tickle me. I'm going to have to tickle you. Oh. <laughs> okay. No, uh, I'm, I am I. just think that, I think that's just a really cruel and unusual punishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I think. I would agree. Yeah. That's a horrible thing to isolate somebody on an asteroid for like five and a half years. I would like to read a book about Corey's experiences. I want to read a book, too. Okay, babes. Let me worry about the humor, not you. You like it. I like it when I do, because I know when Mm. to interject. No, but wouldn't you like to know more about the sky and what his experiences are? I would. I would. It would be cool if there was, like, a Twilight Zone backstories Mm -hmm. of people, of characters that we've seen in shows, because you see different episodes every time you watch it. And That's I think it point. would be really cool. I know. That's with most of us. Bubs! <laughs> okay, go ahead. You quit being a smarty pants. Go ahead. Smarty pants. Oh. Keep going to the edge. Honestly, what am I going to do with him? I don't know. You're going to love me, but keep going. I do already. Okay, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Um, no, I mean, yeah, I think you're right, though. I think there should be a book of, like, a Twilight Zone backstories. That would be fun. That would be fun. Yes. Yes. Did any part of you feel for Alicia? Well, a little bit. Because, uh, yes and no. Remember that part where she was crying? Mm Mm-hmm. Because he was yelling at her. Like, get out of here, right? Go away. And he was crying. She's crying. And then she says, I feel... I feel, I feel pain too, or whatever she said. And she was, she felt like a human. 
I think in some ways I kind of felt bad for her. But at the same time, I remember that she's not a human, she's a robot. And she was programmed with the human thoughts and feelings and emotions. Let's say I live to be 86 years old. Uh-huh. And I die tragically in an orgy with two 24-year-olds. Now, here, oh hold, on, hold on, hold oh on, hold on. Let's keep going with this scenario. This is a horrible scenario. Now you're alone. Technology has advanced. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we have robots that are almost human-like. Do you want to get one to spend your final years with? Uh, no. Why not? That's just that's just really odd. Why? Well, because I mean, like I said, like I said before, there's nothing like human contact. Okay. I I can't I can't spend my final years with a robot that will do whatever I ask it to do. But you're old, so your family doesn't want to be around you just because you're old. So I could get like a nursemaid to be my um a robotic robot, one, yeah, a robotic nursemaid, yeah. Yeah, I don't want Mr. Roboto taking care of me. Okay. It's a little weird. Okay. Just like I don't want a robot making my food. I don't think I would go for a robot. That is just weird. It is. I don't want robots making my fried chicken or or Filipino stuff. Okay. Filipino food. My mom, my 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 relatives my relatives are are better at making that than any robot could. You say that now. It's weird. It is, but I mean, it's weird because we haven't grown up with it. Do you think that pe- that the people that want to push robots on us are trying to are want to make robots that have um not just human qualities but different ethnicities? I never really looked at it from that aspect. It's weird. I don't really think it's important to. Um but there are some interesting implications for having robots. Like if a robot if they have the ability to feel and then I kill a robot, should I be sent to prison? Right? No. Well, obviously, it's easy to say that now. Mm-hmm. But what's, that, what's it going to be like in 150 years once we've gotten this technology down? I, I just think it's really, I just think it's really strange. And I don't, I don't like that um, they want robots to take over our businesses um, as far as like from a, um, in place of a, a customer service rep. They took our jobs. I'm oh, sorry, you scared me. Oh, sorry. What did the, you say? They took our jobs. Well, they did. That's what they said in that South Park episode. Oh. Where they have the people from the future come back, and they take all the jobs because there's no jobs in the future. Oh, wow. And so they're willing to work for, like, a dollar fifty uh, a day. A dollar fifty. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just think it's really strange. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't want ro- robots taking over food service or... uh or child care, or adult care even, uh, that's a little bit weird to me. Or taking over as spouses, that's really weird. That's bizarre. That is bizarre. I don't know why you asked that question. Because it's something that some people have speculated about in the scientific community. Yeah, that's um, that's really far-fetched. Mm. That's very, very far-fetched. I just, I can't imagine that. When you were sleeping... Yes. I was listening to Joe Rogan and... When I was sleeping yesterday? Yes. Okay. Michael... Uh, oh, fuck, who's the guy? Oh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson. And he is skeptical about aliens visiting us. Neil deGrasse is. Yes. So, it made me think of you. Because I know that you don't believe in alien life. Uh, it's very, very... Um... Yeah, I just I just don't see any I just don't know what the evidence is really. 
Oh. Yeah. I really I'm, hope that we discover that extraterrestrials are real and we do it in our lifetime just so I could gloat. Like I told you, babes. I, I doubt that. I think it's going to be a lifelong mystery. I know. I think so too, but I hope it's not. I, I mean, I do believe that the galaxies are there for their purposes, but I don't know that they are there to hold other life forms. Oh. Yeah. Well, think about it. I mean, you know, our galaxy, there are places in our galaxy that are not for, uh, it's not, it's not for, uh, inhabiting life. Like, like Mercury and Venus is too hot. Jupiter is really cold. Mars is really cold. I, I don't know. I just. Some scientists have speculated that there might be life on Europa. Like some sort of jellyfish. Europa is a constellation, it's a, right? It's a moon I'm around, I want to say Saturn. But I'm, I, I could have that wrong. Jellyfish, huh? Some sort of jellyfish. They don't know for sure, but that's the speculation based on what they've seen. Um, you know, because they've sent probes that have taken pictures of the surface of Europa. I want to know how long probes, because I know they've sent probes to Mars. Mm-hmm. I wonder how long it takes them. Like, I know that for a human to go there, it's like half a year. Yeah. Six months. I think it's nine months, actually. Wow. But it might be less because... I'm assuming a probe is less heavy. You don't have to worry about food and whatnot. So that's true. I, I should know this. I think it's like four months, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well. That's white. That's white. Yeah. Well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is there anything else you want to say about Twilight Zone? I or know. Twilight Zone. They they are very good episodes. Okay. Okay. Okay, roll down the What? Don't get too excited there, babies. What? No, nothing. Oh, my goodness. How was the pasta salad last night? Oh, so good. Um, I I used all the green onions that I chopped up and, um, and mixed with the pickles and the olives and all that. That was really good. And, and just the flavors of the two cheeses and the pasta. Oh, it's good. You made a good sauce. I liked it. Eat a good pasta sauce. Yes. Good pasta sauce. After mm-hmm. having the pasta, yes, you and I watched Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. You got you, you got to talk about that one. Yeah, I will talk about the next one. Yeah, because you're, you're going to have to take the lead on the next movie because I was doing some medical stuff. Oh my goodness! Okay. Okay. Next lead. Yes, I, I was. Okay. 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 That's what? enough. That's enough. Okay. Okay. I was lecturing. Uh, it, Alana, about the importance of virginity. Uh, enough, okay. enough. I was not doing that. No, you weren't. But in case your mom was listening, I was doing that. And I'm just saying I wasn't for the audience. But anyways, Oh, my goodness. Let me explain or talk a little bit about this movie. Okay. Starts off, what are uh, George and Martha, right? George and Martha are the older couple. Yes. Played by Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. They are coming home from this party. George is a professor at a university. Martha is the daughter of the guy who runs the school. And she's a and and the 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 guy's rich. I understand. Her father's rich. Correct. They come home. They're a little bit of an odd couple. Yeah, for sure. Having a couple of drinks. It's late at night and they're just talking about Betty Davis movies and life in general. She's trying to figure out what movie uh Betty Davis uh quoted in. Exactly. Yeah. 
And they're just talking. George kind of thinks it's the end of the evening when Martha lets it slip. Oh, I invited a couple people over. The new professor from the math department is going to be joining us later with his wife. Right. So now George is a little bit, you know, not too thrilled about this. He's very irritated. He's like, well, why do you want them here now? It's really late. Yes. And she's putting on makeup and... Trying to look her best and trying to clean up. And I'm thinking this is a very, very odd scene. But it's kind of fun because their dialogue together works really well. And in the midst of all that, she jumps on top of him and starts chant and starts singing, Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf? That was fun. That was weird. <laughs> the couple comes and I don't think they ever say their name. They don't. I don't I don't believe they do. Come inside the house. And George and Martha are acting a little bit strange, as they were at the beginning of the movie. Yes. But now it's just amplified because they have an audience. Yes. We find out slowly that the young husband is from the history department and new to the school. No, he's biology. Biology department. You're right. George yeah, Richard, teaches history. Yeah, George, uh, George, I'm sorry, George teaches um, history. Yeah. Gotcha. I believe we discover this. When Martha takes the young wife on a tour of the house. Right. And they're gone for quite a while. Yes. George and Martha really like to drink and encourage their guests to do the same. A lot. They drink so a lot. Yes. They're drinking. And I'm going to skip over a lot of stuff. because Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in this. A, a lot of this movie is just conversation. It is. There's, uh, there's one thing I want to say. I don't know if I should. Don't, don't don't say it yet. Do you think I should talk about the thing with the umbrella or no? Um. Well. Well. Just just um. Kind of lead into it, I guess, and then. Okay. Martha's joking about George and about how they uh, tried to box once at her dad's house, and he wasn't that good. So plug your ears now if you don't want to hear this. <laughs> and keep them plugged for like three minutes, a minute and a half. George goes into another room is looking through stuff, and he grabs this rifle. He walks up behind Martha. The young wife turns around and sees the rifle. George aims it at Martha's head, pulls the trigger, and an umbrella comes out. And that really made me laugh. <laughs> there's a lot of really funny stuff in this there is some funny. There's some funny things in the conversation, especially when um, George and the young guy was um, talking, and they would get things mixed up with, no, your wife? Yeah, your your wife is Martha. Yes. My wife is not. <laughs> The couple keeps drinking and drinking, and at one point, the young lady runs to the bathroom. Martha follows her. George goes outside, and the young husband joins him. There's a discussion where we find out that the young guy married his wife because, one, her father is rich, because he used to be like this minister who screwed people out of a lot of money. He, he Yeah, he traveled around the country and took all their money. And, and two... Because she, uh, he thought that she was pretending to be preggers. He said, so, um. I thought I'm I'm giving the recount. I know. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, I think, I think, uh, he called it a hysterical pregnancy. Yes. We're going to get back to that later. Okay. They're having a conversation. Eventually, they come back inside. Young girl's feeling odd. And her man says, we should go home. Mm -hmm. George decides to drive them. He's not the best chauffeur in the world. Well, because he's been drinking, too. Oh. Mm -hmm. 
Eventually, they end up at some old restaurant. <laughs> Abandoned, right? It no, because remember, I thought it was, but there's the scene where the, a guy comes into the room and says, hey, we're about to close. Oh, that's right, because they start dancing with the, the jukebox playing. Right. We get the sense that both Richard Burton and Liz Taylor want to have sex with this couple. And, you know, she wants the guy, and he probably would be all right with getting the girl. I don't think, I think it was more her than him, though. No, they both wanted it. How could you tell? Because of the way George was acting to the young lady. It was pretty obvious. I mean, he's dancing with her. He's trying to impress her. Okay, I didn't. I thought it was more her than him. But yeah, you don't pick up on this stuff, babes. You don't. <sighs> Do Why? Well, not this. No, <laughs> Bubs. All right. Let, let me. Let me. Let's get back to the story. Okay. Elizabeth Taylor, when they're at the restaurant, starts telling the story about how George wrote this book. Yep. So early in the movie, when the two gentlemen are outside, George tells the story of a man who survived a car crash and whose mom and dad died. Yes. The mom died in the car crash, and I think the dad died uh, like a year or two before then. Uh-huh. It's like 13 or whatever. Yes. Okay. Now we're back at the restaurant, and she tells the story of this book that George wrote with these characters, and basically... It was about a young man who killed his parents. Yeah, his mother and specifically, yeah. It comes out that George actually did this in real life. Uh-huh. At least that's what she told her dad. Yes. Richard Burton starts choking Martha. Yep. Almost kills her, but the young guy pulls him off. Yes. Then, you know, he kind of starts talking some trash about her. They go out into the parking lot and get into this huge argument. Yep. Martha leaves with the young couple. Mm-hmm. Takes George some time, but eventually he makes it back to their place. Yep. Opens their car door, sees the young lady passed out. Yep. Goes inside for a minute. Comes back to the porch. Realizes that his wife is having sex with a biology dude. And they, and they and he finds it out because he sees her dress downstairs. Yes. All right, so... Young lady kind of gets up, goes to the ports. It comes out that she uh, aborted her child in some way. We don't know if it was with pills or an actual doctor, but she got rid of the kid because yeah. she, did, she didn't want to have a, a baby. Yeah. But she wanted to marry uh, the The young guy, yeah. Guy. Yeah. They go back in the house. We should also say that there's a subplot to this movie where Elizabeth Taylor keeps talking about uh, their son, who's 16 years old. It's supposed to be his birthday the next day. Right. We never see the kid. Yeah. We're Actually, we're going to get there soon. But we before are. then, there's a scene with Elizabeth Taylor and the young guy. They're in the kitchen. And she tells him, all right, I want you to go and answer the door. And he's like, but I'm not your servant. I'm she, not your houseboy. She <laughs> explains to him, well, come on. We both know that one of the reasons you came back here to sleep with me was because my dad runs the school. Yeah. And you want power. Right. So if you want that power later, you're going to be my houseboy now. Which I thought was a really good scene. Interesting. Elizabeth Taylor is great in this movie, we should say. She is. She's she's crazy, but she's <laughs> good in the movie. Eventually, Richard Burton and the girl come inside. They sit down. And he tells Elizabeth Taylor that Western Union came with a note saying that their son had died. I- Yes, a telegram. It comes out that they never had a son. Mm -hmm. He was some imaginary character that Elizabeth Taylor came up with to kind of 
improve her life and make her feel like she was more meaningful. Right. And she just, I mean, you see how good she is when she just completely breaks and breaks down and sobs. I think she's great throughout this movie. Yeah, she is. This honestly, I haven't watched a lot of her movies, but this film made me appreciate what she could She do was very actress. good. Yeah. She's very good. Young couple leaves, she cries and the movie's basically over. I really And they kind of start to pick up the pieces after what happened that that same night. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't That's know. up for debate. I I thought well, what well, you forgot to mention one one specific part Tell that me. we can we will I, maybe we should talk about it after we we since we just finished it uh, the since you just finished the um, the entire plot. What's that? Well, remember when he said, uh, "Okay," he was talking to Martha and saying, "Okay, we we have to do one more game." Yes, one and then game. he starts talking about their dead kid. Right. So, so I was okay. So I did like this movie, but I was a little bit confused. In the beginning, because I wasn't sure if the very first part where you see Martha very, very crazy and manic and or maybe not manic, but neurotic. Um, I don't know if that was a part of their game or not. No, that's just who I, they are. They're neurotic. They're just, who they're comes just up with a fake kid? True, Normal yeah. people don't come up with a fake kid. No, no, no. But I mean, when when when. When George was talking about playing games. I know. Yeah. It's very odd. It's, I don't think you brought up anything that relevant, but. Hey. I love you though, babes. I hope hey. we don't become like that couple. But. Hey. I love you, babes. Mm. What? No, babes. Come on. Give me a kiss. No. Oh, come on. Give me a kiss. I yeah. tried. Okay. I well, tried to say something important. And like, no, 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 no. Okay, but I love you. Give me a kiss. I love you, babes. Love Do you love me? Yes, I love you. Okay, good. Let's get back to the movie. Okay. I really liked it. Yes. I thought it could have been edited a little bit better. There are a couple scenes that went on a little bit too long. Yes. I felt if it was maybe 15 minutes shorter, it would have been a much better movie. I would agree. It, it, there were some things that did drag on, yes. Yes. But it wasn't like it was an hour too long. Right. It's, it's, so my thought is they should have cut the scene a little bit where Richard Burton is talking with the young guy outside. This, that could have been edited down and they could have maybe edited um, like the last scene where they're all in the living room together down by like mm -hmm. a minute or two. Mm -hmm. And I think the movie would have flowed much better. Right. Um, I think, I think true. Yeah. It would have had a, uh, a, a straightforward plot line. I no. think. Having said that, mm -hmm. this film, I think, is either a seven and a half or an eight. Yes. The writing's really good, and the performances are phenomenal. They are. Um, and it, in some ways, it almost felt like watching a play. Yes. Well, it was a, uh, I think it was a book, too. Right. But I'm talking about the movie. almost felt like watching a play. Yes. It felt like that, too. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. Well. Are you afraid that we're going to become like this couple? No, I don't think so. Oh. No, we're just not like that. No, we're just um, we're we're more. I think we're more laid back. Would you say? I think that they're kind of laid back in some. Ways. No, us, not them. No, but I'm saying you're saying we're more laid back. I think that George is kind of laid back. I, I think he is laid back, but he's also a little bit crazy too. Yes. I think most people are, though, a little bit crazy. 
Yeah, but that's just really crazy, though. Um, why do you think mm-hmm. they came up with a fake kid? Do you think maybe they had a baby that died? Do you think mm. that maybe she couldn't have kids? Um, my think, my thinking is, I think that maybe she couldn't have any kids mm. because that was kind of mentioned at the end of the movie. This film comes out in an interesting time in American history. Yeah. It was released in 1966, which mm-hmm. is kind of around the start of the feminist movement. Now, mm-hmm. people could argue it a little bit. Maybe it started a couple years before or after, but that's right before it kind of like hit the zeitgeist in pop culture. Yeah. And I'm wondering, mm-hmm. do you think that they could have made this film five years later? Possibly, yes. Mm. Because that's around the time of like a women's lib, Right. Right. But, I mean, there's an argument to be made. Well, her identity is so connected to having a child that she never had. Yeah. And because of it, it may have driven her crazy. Would that have been acceptable? Hmm. They might have been uh, talking about it more, yes. What do you mean? Well, I mean, those things weren't talked about back then as much as they're being talked about now. So there, But there's the idea of the... I guess the nuclear family, which kind of came about after World War II, where you have a mom, a dad, and a couple of kids. Yeah. And this film kind of, like, subverts the idea of the nuclear family. So you think, okay, this could come out at any time. But then it apologizes to to the audience at the end, in a way. Or somebody could make the argument that it does by saying, no, these people are crazy, and because they're not the nuclear family, that's what drove them to madness. Hmm. That's one interpretation of it. Okay. What do you think about that? Uh, I'm I'm not too sure about that. Um, it it could be possible, but I don't know. Hmm. Do you think this movie could be made today? Uh, well, yes, possibly. Um, I like you. I mean, the way that I see it is back then in the 60s, in the mid 60s, I would imagine that they didn't discuss issues like abortion or infertility. Would you say? At least not as openly. Not as as openly, right? So that's kind of a, um, you know, they've kind of, it seemed like that movie was risky for its time. But I think that movie would be accepted today now that we talk about issues like that Mm. openly. That's how I see it. Do you think that Elizabeth Taylor's character, Martha, is less of a person because she never had kids? No, I don't. See, I actually would disagree with you on that one. What do you mean? Because, again, it comes back, she made up this imaginary family. Yes. And because she's living so much in this fake world, I think it drives her to drink and disconnect with reality. Oh, really? Yes. So you think it should be more of a person than, or maybe it's something else though. Maybe it's not just that she, maybe it's not that she um, made up a kid, but other things have happened to her that she doesn't just make up a kid, but she's, you know, she insults her husband. She belittles him. She berates other people and she's, maybe she's going through dementia. No, she's only in her 30s in this movie. Is she? I mean, at one point he jokes and says that she's 120. 108. But I, I, 108, but I think in real life she was maybe late 30s. Oh, wow. She seemed older than that. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's because she's been acting so long. I don't know. 
but, my assumption. But I mean, um, I just I thought maybe she was losing her mind because of other things, not just the baby. But that's that's just my opinion. I don't know. It's possible. Mm-hmm. What happens to George and Mar- Martha after this night? Mm. It's possible that they don't stay together, or it's possible that they decide to stay together. I mean, we we know what happened to them in real life, but yeah, they were two psychopaths who and had they, a volatile relationship, and Richard Burton ended up killing himself by alcoholism. Did he really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, that's that's, that's what I believe I've heard. Oh wow, okay. Um, but I mean, it's possible that they still stay together, or maybe they try. They try, and then they realize it's not going to work. I don't know. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. We know that Richard Burton has never killed off their son before. No, or at least that's the assumption, <laughs> right? But I wonder how many different couples have had evenings like this with George and Martha before. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's possible that maybe they may just have been the one. I mean, what I want to know is why did they choose them? She did. Why did she choose them? I mean, because she wanted to have sex with a guy. That uh, may be true. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. Well, well, actually, I think you're right because it was implied that oh, is this this guy good looking, well built? Am I? You know, how am I going to? Do I have to impress this guy? Because mm-hmm. he's much younger than than George, so they ended up doing it. Right, doing, doing. All doing. right, all right, all right, okay, all right. Okay. Okay. okay, none of that L O cool J stuff tonight. Well, not here. Okay, yeah. I never liked that song though. I'm not a huge fan of his like crossover stuff. I like some L O cool J stuff. He's not my favorite rapper. Okay. Yeah, but... That's fair. My favorite album of his is Bigger and Daffer is really good. Okay. Anyways, you don't need to know about that, you No, that uh, doesn't pertain to what we're talking about. How does this evening affect the younger couple? Oh, I... Well... Because now their stuff is really on the table. Yeah. Um. Well, I thought it was interesting because remember towards the end of the movie... The young guy was like, I understand why, I understand now. I, I understand why this is going on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> maybe it's because, maybe it affects him because it's possible that his wife was unaware of what was going on with him and Martha, number one. Because remember, remember when George kind of confronted her and said, do you know what's going on with your husband? Yeah. Right. It sounded well, she wasn't aware because she was unconscious in the back seat of the car. Well, she she was unconscious, but I mean, in general, she probably didn't know that he was thinking about having an affair with Martha. But he wasn't thinking about it before that night. Okay, I mean, I it just seemed to me like like she was very oblivious to what was going on. But in some ways, he was oblivious too because he didn't know that she. I uh, got rid of their kid. Right. So let let me ask the question a different way. Okay. What do you think the next couple of days are like for this young couple? It's probably very awkward. Mm. Because she now knows uh, what happened with him upstairs, if she didn't already. She didn't already. 
Huh? She did not know already. Yeah, I know that. I know that. But okay. I mean, it, I mean, after that happened. Go ahead. Okay. Um, would she be looking at him differently? Would, would, does he still love her? Um, and of course with her abortion, you know, is she guilty about it? I mean, I know that she said that she wanted to have a child after all this. She did, she did want to have a baby. I don't remember her saying that, but I'll take your word for it. Well, remember when, remember when, uh, George was was saying to Martha, Martha, I got a telegram and our son is dead. And, yeah. and she's like, don't say it, don't say it. And she starts to break out in sobs, the, the young lady. Mm-hmm. Um, George tells Martha, she's hysterically crying. Um, the young lady is like, I want a child. I really want a child. Okay, I miss that. But that's, yeah. I'm a bit, so I'm she a bit might be think, rethinking her... Um, her decision and, you know, really, really thinking, oh, wow, would I have been, uh, what would have happened if things didn't go that, things didn't go the way it did tonight and we didn't go to their house? There's an interesting quote that I'm sure I'm going to butcher because that's okay. what I do best in life. That's okay. Right. It's something to the effect of if you live long enough, if you live for a long time, you will watch your heroes become the enemy. And if you live for uh, long enough, you will watch yourself become the enemy. The idea is basically like you change with time and you sort of conform to become what you despise the most early on in life, personality-wise. Mm. And there's some truth to that. It's not, it's not always true, but I think that there's some gems in there. The question I have for you is... Let's say instead of 1966, it's mm-hmm. now 1990. Uh-huh. Are the young couple now George and Martha? Um, I don't think so. Why not? Because um because I I think that just by seeing a glimpse of the couple for that one night, I think maybe they're afraid that they're going to become just like them. Mm. That's how I see it. Mm-hmm. Because they don't want to, they don't want to make the same mistakes that they did. That's what I. That's what I see. Maybe it's a good thing that their laundry was aired out, because now they'll either work on it or they'll avoid it, and then they cease to exist together. What's it like when the young couple runs into George and Martha either on the campus or at some sort of social event? Probably really, really awkward. Mm. Like I, maybe we should avoid them and not. Like we're not going back to your house. Again. Yeah, we're not coming back to your house. Thank you for whatever you know. Thank you for the time, but we're not yeah. ever going to come back to your. Your house. wife was good in bed. We know, and we're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I I think it would be very awkward for them. I think they would avoid them like the plague. Is Martha a swinger in the traditional sense that she's been with many young men? Or is this her first time having an affair on George? Okay. I'm... That's a good question. I have a definite answer, but I want your take on it. I think yes. Oh, we are on complete agreement then. I think yes, she has. Yes. It doesn't... It does not... It does not appear to me that she... This was not her first go-around. Especially the way she talks to him in the kitchen. Yes. You know. Oh, it's you, George? To, no, to the young man where she's like, okay, 
um, uh, you slept with me because my dad has all this power. Yeah. And, like and, she knows her role. Right. And, and she probably slept with other, uh, young prospects, mm-hmm. you know, whether they were students or whether they knew her father. Oh, I think she, she probably did use her, um, her power. Yes. I would agree. Yes. Yes. I think she did. She doesn't come across as someone who's like really, really like new to this. How much longer do you think George and Martha live? Oh, I don't think very long. Really? Maybe 10 years at the most. I mean, they're like, they're pretty far. I mean, because of all the drinking they've been doing, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't surprise me if they both got cirrhosis and died in 10 years. Nice. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry to say that, but it's true. <laughs> That's my opinion. You were to sit in your mattress. Yes, I was. Nice. Good, good, good. Just making sure that was you there. That was me. That was me. Okay, there. Okay. 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 Life can imitate art, and art can do the same with life. Uh-huh. And George and Martha are very volatile in this movie. Yes. Um, I never met Richard Burton or <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor. Yes. So who knows what's real and what's not, but... <coughs> From what I've read, mm-hmm. they had a very, very volatile relationship. They were married wow. and divorced twice. Yes, that's right. Because they, how long before they remarried did they get back together? I don't know. I want to okay. say like 10, 15 years, but wow. I, I could have that wrong. Okay. Um, how much of their relationship do you think played into the characters? Or, or let me rephrase that. How much do you think George and Martha were like Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor in real life? Oh, I believe they may have been like that. Mm. That may just be, that may be a manifestation of what's really going on behind closed doors. And that's why they are so, they were so good at playing those parts. Yeah. I, again, I don't know, but I believe that there's a lot of similarities between the real life couple yes. and who they portrayed in the movie. Oh yeah. They're probably just as crazy, if not crazier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They probably, uh, wanted to, uh, you know, they probably spent so much time together. They wanted to kill each other off. Yes. Um, is there any questions about this movie that you have for me? Uh, uh, no. Oh. Oh. No, but they were all good. They're all very good. Yeah, again, this movie really made me respect Elizabeth Taylor as an actress. Do you recognize the young couple anywhere? No. I'm sure they've been in stuff before. Yeah. Probably separately. Right. Right. Um, I mean, she was good in Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Yes. But she didn't blow me away. No, she wasn't, you know, she wasn't like this. I mean, this movie, she was really fiery and very, um, very volatile, of course. Mm -hmm. Very combative, very defiant, uh, crazy, crazy lady. Yes. Crazy Liz. What what are you doing now? No, I'm just tapping the, my nightstand. That's going to show up on this, okay? I know, I'll I'll stop it. Oh, thank you, babes. You're welcome. Would you recommend this movie to anybody? I would. I would. It's it's Elizabeth Taylor at her at her finest at, at one of her um, finest movies. Yes. And that's how you would sell it. Yes. Would you tell family to watch it? I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think um, I don't know if some of my family members have watched really old movies. I know my my cousin has, but um, I think they they'd uh, really they may enjoy this movie. Yes. I have a friend. I have a friend. Yes. Who. I think it's great. Okay. But 
he won't watch any movies made before, like, 1985. Why is that? He says that they're too boring for him. Oh, they're so, so far from the truth. I know. And I and I appreciate them now. And I, 1985 is a number, but it's roughly around there. Like, I don't think... It maybe goes back to 1980, but not much before that. Is he the one that we that I that I just met? No, no, no. That guy watches a lot of old movies. Oh, okay, good. And he he's actually recommended me some awesome films. All right. This is somebody who you have met several times. Oh, really? Yes, but we'll get into that later. All right. When I was on the phone with him. Oh, that was, one. Yes. Okay, I think. I, yeah, okay. <laughs> I said to him, oh, Alana's been watching a lot of old Twilight Zones, and it's really cool for me because I get to revisit the series. And he says to me, yeah, it's weird. It's like three people told me that in the past week, and then I keep going on. But it's a great show. It really leaves you thinking. And then he stops me, and he's like, oh, I mean, uh, not Twilight Zone, Twilight. No, 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 no. So I will say this. <laughs> I'll say this. Yes. I think I've only watched... Oh, I think I've watched um, one or two Twilight movies. I haven't seen any of them or read the books. It's, I'm not really into that. I'm not into vampire romances. I just, I just think that they're trying to romanticize vampires and I'm just not into that. Okay. I'm not on a Edward or Jacob's team and Edward and Jacob, Edward and Jacob are the two. uh, One is a vampire, it's Edward. The other one's a werewolf. Oh, wow. The only one, the only reason why I know that is a, a good friend of mine is a really big Twilight fan. No, the Twilight Zone is different. Yes. <laughs> way different. This person, by the way, was also a little bit shocked when I told him that we were watching movies from the 1930s. So good. I know. It's so good. I mean. Not every movie. I mean, you have some horrible movies from yeah. that era. But you have some real gems, too. I had a friend in high school that um, I found out that she watched old movies and a friend, uh, our mutual friend was like, yeah, she likes watching old movies. How come she likes watching old movies? And I'm like, I don't know. And now that I'm I'm a little bit older and I've watched a bunch of them with you, I'm like, I don't know why I haven't watched old movies sooner. They're so good. I liked so watching good. movies from the 50s and 60s when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But that's about as far back as I would go. Yeah. I'm really glad we've gotten to explore even older cinema. It's so good. Yes. I like the 30s and 40s genre of movies. Mm-hmm. It's really good stuff. I mean, it just kind of gives you a glimpse in, into what life may have been back then. In some ways, yes. And some are hit and misses, and some are really, and a, and a lot of them are really good, but some are hit, hit and misses. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. J-Lo. Yes. Unless there's anything else you want to say about who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. I don't. Um... I, I'd say this is one of um, Elizabeth Taylor's best work. It was really good. And uh, we're going to watch another one tonight. Yes, we are. But before we do that, yes. last night we watched another movie that you wanted to see. I did. Well, we, we, we just, I, I wanted to watch more Studio Ghibli stuff because I'm really enjoying it. And this one. Their was, movies are hit and miss, but they have some. Some movies. of them are hit and miss. This one. This one was a little bit confusing for both of us. This one was more of a miss for me. Yeah. I I I I, <clears throat> I didn't love it, but I I thought it was okay. And since I was doing some medical work oh during this movie, why don't you talk about it? Medical work, medical work. Oh, 
Okay, so I forgot my stethoscope, but keep going. Stethoscope. Your your tummy made a weird sound. Whoa, this it's keep... like Ugh. You wanna talk about the movie, babes? Yes, I will. Right. <laughs> okay. So this uh this bamboo cutter uh is cutting some bamboo and well, by the way, what's the name of the film? Oh the name of the film the name of the film is called The Tale of Princess Kaguya. Go ahead. And there's a connection I made with it, but I'll but I'll give it uh, at the end of um, uh, at the end of the plot summary. Yeah. So I won't go into too much details because it went way too long. But I'm gonna say that it starts off with a bamboo cutter cutting bamboo. He sees uh, some light coming from a bamboo stalk, a bamboo uh, shoot, and looks in, and this uh, this baby girl comes out of the bamboo shoot, and he looks at her and is trying to figure out where she came from. And she, he says, oh, she looks like a beautiful princess. Uh, she doesn't have anybody with her. In the bamboo shoot, apparently there was um, money. No. No? Not He's, in that one. There was another oh. bamboo shoot that he found sometime later that had all this gold in it. Oh, shall we? It's okay. I didn't know. Well, now you do. Anyway, so... He takes her, and the mother, uh, his wife, his wife. I'm sorry, his his wife uh, agrees to help with the raising of this child. So they take her in as their own. The interesting thing about this baby is that she keeps growing at an alarming rate. It's like one day she's a baby, the next day she grows taller and taller. Like, and the kids are making fun of her because. They're saying, wow, she's growing really tall. She's like, you know, sprouting up like a bamboo shoot. And, they, and their nickname for her is Little Bamboo, which is so American. Yes. <laughs> and then I started calling you Little J. Lou. Uh, Keep going, Dave. Okay. Keep going. Somebody else could call me J. Lou, too. Yes. Anywho. So. So, uh. So they, uh, the name that they've chosen to call her is Princess. And she starts to grow up and makes new friends. Uh, Seimaru is the guy, um, this teenage guy that hangs out with these little kids. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. I don't know why, but he does. And, and they're like, I don't know, we'll say seven to ten. Yes. Yeah. And they're kind of making fun of her and they think, oh, you're just really weird. But they start making friends with her. And one day the father says, you know what? I'm going to go to the capital. I'm going to find all this money, go to the capital, and I'm going to uh, have uh, our princess move into a mansion because she deserves to be around royalty because she's of noble birth, I believe. That is not really explained until... (laughs) Well, there's kind of an explanation, but it isn't really explained. This movie is so long, but yet they couldn't find time to explain that. To keep going. Okay. So, so one day he, he, uh, he tells Princess, their daughter, that, uh, we're gonna go, we have to go because, um, we need to go to the capital because I want you to live around royalty. And she's like, well, I, I want to make pheasants stew with my friends. And she's like, I'm, I'm sorry, we have to go. 
So she doesn't come back for, she doesn't come back there for a long, long time. Um, the mother, somehow the mother um, is able to go to the, the mansion. They move into the mansion. She gets all these cool things, um, robes and. So we should uh, say, if I may interrupt you, yeah. I believe the dad paid and helped build the mansion. Yes, he did. Yes. And I think that's, he used some of the money that he found in the bamboo sheet, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So he used all this gold, paid to, to help build the mansion. They um, go to the Capitol. Um, the mansion is theirs. She gets all these cool robes and all these nice clothes and servants. And uh, Lady Sagami is supposed to be her mentor to teach her about how to be a princess. Go on. Doesn't, uh, she doesn't like this idea. So little bamboo does little bamboo or little J Lou. Little bamboo. Okay, little J Lou, keep going. They'll call it J Lou. Okay, little J Lou. Yeah. Keep going. Anyway, so Miss Little Bamboo, who is thrust into the world of royalty, really hates this idea. Go ahead. Oh, are you getting comfortable? Yes. Okay. Are you nuzzling up to me? Yes, keep going. Okay. Uh so she is really hating this, and she doesn't want to do this. Now, she gets caught up in this world. She accepts it, and she starts to be more interested in her studies. She finds out that all these suitors have been hearing about her, and they want to do whatever they can to get her to marry marry them. Mm -hmm. And by this time, she's already a young lady. Um. Lady Sagami is saying, you have to marry a, 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 a suitor as quickly as you can because princesses can't have fun and you have to go, you have to uh, be often married so that you can become a queen or whatever okay. uh, of noble, uh, of noble stature or whatever. So she's not having it. Um, she sees a bunch of suitors and says, okay, this is what I want you to do. If you really want me to be yours, you have to get me these. And she lists off these rare, rare treasures, including a jeweled branch. And all these uh, suitors get to work. One of them is his majesty, the prince. And they get to work. And some of them, uh, said uh came and told her that um oh I got this jeweled branch but it was found later on that all these treasures that they got were fake they were they were um fake treasures and she didn't feel like any of these men really wanted to marry her for love mm -hmm. even the one that gave her a flower he uh she finds out that he's married yes <laughs> is that right <laughs> yes so I think. But keep going. Yes, I, th I think you, you said it was his wife or something that, that caught him or whatever something it was. Like that, yeah. yeah, that was kind of funny. So I thought that was kind of funny. And she's like, oh, this is all fake. I don't, I don't want to be here. I, I, I rather die than marry all these people. That's what she, it was a pretty dark, uh, part of the story. And then, um, she was looking up at the moon. And she found out that on the 15th of August, uh, the people from the moon were supposed to come and take her back to the moon because that's where she was from. 
the moon has sent her down uh, to be to be uh, picked out of that bamboo shoot. Yes. And she tells her mother and father and she admits to her father, like, I don't want to be here. I want to go to my old home. I don't belong here. And she and, and by old home, she means the wood, the, the wooded area where um, the bamboo cutter was cutting bamboo. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so they're they're very upset. They um, the father was like, OK, we're going to we're going to have a. Uh, we're going to arm ourselves with men so that we can fight the moon people off. And I forgot to mention that um, her name was changed to Princess Kaguya while she was in the royal mansion. Oh. That's, a, that's a very important thing. It wasn't changed to Princess Bamboo a little. No, it's Kaguya. Okay. So she somehow gets out of that area, out of the capital, goes back to her her bamboo home. And sees Seimaru and says, look, I'm more happy with you. It's implied that he, he, she wants to run away with him and because she loves him. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. Yes. And he says, well, okay, uh, little bamboo, why don't you jump on my back and we can run away? Well, just run away where they can't find you. Um, cause he found out about the moon people. And she waits for a while. I don't know why she doesn't do this, but she, she waits and, she feels that she's slipping away and she tells uh Semaru to hold on to her but as he's holding on to her she disappears even though she says like hold on to me i don't want to leave i want to stay here longer then she disappears and then i think um wasn't didn't he have a child a little child there did he there was a baby Okay. There was a baby that he was looking after, so I don't know if that was his child or not. I missed that part. Okay. I, I think I asked you about that. I don't remember. Again, I was doing some medical work. Oh, my God. Keep going. Okay. So. So, um, she goes back to her parents. It's already the 15th of August. And she asks for her forgive for their forgiveness, and they're really crying, and and the people say that the, the, the lady, the, the person that comes to take her says, you'll no longer remember this life yeah. on earth. We have to go now. And so they cry and, um, she leaves and that's pretty much the end. This movie is about 30 to 45 minutes too long. I have to um, give uh, some context because there's a little bit of a backstory that I, I have to make a connection with. So when I was a kid, I watched a special called Big Bird in Japan, uh, the Sesame Street special. And in the special, they tell about a princess who was rescued. I forgot where she came out of, but she was raised by a family and it was found out that she was... Um, from the Palace of the Moon, and her name was Kaguya Hime. Basically, this film was based on an old legend. It was based on an old legend, and in the in the special, the there was a woman that Big Bird runs after, and she uh, runs into, and she happens to be the Moon Princess. We were joking about that, and I was saying, "Well, did you ever see where Big Bird goes to North Korea?" And he's like, "Hey, I'm Big Bird. I'm with a dear leader." <laughs> All the people here are really skinny. That's awesome. 
<laughs> Will you well, be my dear leader? Oh my goodness. Get to America. But... And then I talk, told you about this festival where Big Bird goes and meets Vladimir Putin in Russia, and Russia kills somebody for Big Bird. <sighs> Bubs. What? You're corrupting Big Bird. Oh, yes. Leave him alone. Hey, I'm Big Bird. Okay, okay. I'm friends with our enemies. And then I told you about the, uh, the China special they did in the 70s. They're hanging out with Chairman Mao. Bubs. What? Okay, these specials did not happen. Are They're not specials. Are? Yes. Oh. Yes. I remember them. They're really good. Mm. Vladimir Putin one was a little bit over the top. I didn't think that he actually sort of killed somebody. And I didn't like how he's justifying the actions of the dear leader in North Korea. But they're kind of fun for kids. Oh, Bubbles. Hey, I'm Big Bird. I'm going to sneak out of North Korea now. Hopefully I won't get shot. Bubs. What? Stop it. <laughs> Sorry, babe. Uh, no, no, uh, uh, um, no dictator jokes. Uh-oh. Yes. No. Big Bird did not uh, meet any dictators. Anyway, so um, both of us were a little bit confused with this movie. It was too long. Yeah. They, there's a lot of stuff that's left out of it that I, that would have made more sense. Like, why did the moon people send her down? You know, they they kind of touched on that the dad is more into her being a princess than she is, but they didn't and, really go as deep as they could have. And the mom was more, uh, you know, she she was more sympathetic to what their daughter was feeling. Yeah, but it's also, it's never explained why she's a princess, just because the dad right. this, this money. Right, right. And that didn't make any sense to me. It just, it's not well, a good movie. I well, like and, then, and then why would she wait, um, you know, why didn't she uh, jump on Seimaru's back and run away with him if she didn't, you know, even though she knew that she was going to be taken by the moon people why didn't he why didn't she jump on his back and just run away with him i don't know i was, I was doing something else oh me. my goodness i'm not asking you okay i'm just i'm just asking a question why didn't they i say mean it? maybe she did for all i know but oh. i i can't recommend this movie this is a thumbs down for me okay it's it's not as good as i was hoping it was i think i would give it a six and a half to a week seven wow you're giving it higher than i would i know well, I think it's because, you know, there were some things I liked about it, but there were some things I was very confused about. So I can't, I have to be a little bit gracious. About it. I, I don't think it's a good movie. Oh. I would not recommend it to anybody. But you don't like that. All right. But let's do a That's little, okay. let's do a little bit of character analysis if we can. Yes, we can. We'll try. What does the father teach us about corruption? Um, I, well, the way that I saw it, I think maybe he was corrupted by, money. Mm -hmm. I think that he had a love of money and he thought, well, maybe if I build this mansion, I can make more money so I can provide for my, my wife and adopted child. But I also want to make her a princess because maybe I can get money out of her. I don't think it's that sinister. I think at the beginning. He... Well, I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, maybe, maybe he was, he didn't mean to be that way, but he, he found all his gold. I think he slowly turns because it's easy to become disconnected from the people. Yes. And we saw that because when Lil Bamboo wants to go and hang out with her little crew, he's like, no, mm -hmm. boo-hoo. 
Boo hoo, yes. No, no, he, he doesn't want to go back <laughs> to the old, uh, the old way of uh, living. Yeah. yeah, which is presumably the way he was brought up. Right. He, I think he maybe he wanted better for himself. I think he wanted better for her, but eventually it became into well, I can get something out of this too because remember, mm-hmm. one of the prince guys who tries to win her. Might be, or, might have been. I think his name was like Kuramochi, or it might have been the king. Said yeah, that if you, it was the king actually. Yeah. If I marry your daughter, I'm going to give you this job in my court. Right. And right. he was super impressed by that. Right. But I think, I think he realizes that when she knew, he knew that she may leave them forever. That he realized, oh, oh, I, I did something really bad. Mm-hmm. I did something wrong, and now, now, her life might may be ruined because of me and. Um, and, and both of them were just, uh, it, I felt bad for the parents. I did. What do you think happens to them after she's gone? It's possible that they go on with their lives or they, um, they spend their lives broken hearted forever. Or they just kill themselves. Uh-oh. I hope not. I hope they do. But no, I hope they do not. Oh. I meant to say. Uh-huh. Yes, babes. What if? What if, Jewel? What if? What if? What if? I love you, but what if? I love you too, but what if? Okay. Why is he having this experience if he's not going to remember it? Is it for her sake or is it for the sake of the people on Earth? Oh, I don't even know. Maybe it could be for her sake, or it could be that the people on Earth are enjoying her, her uh, while she's there, and she's just there for a little bit, and then. She won't remember anything like that, and she goes back home. Yes. I don't know. Is there any questions about this movie that you would like to ask me? Um, mm, let's see. What do you think about Tebaru? Do you think he, um, what do you think about him? He's okay. Okay. I don't really, I mean, <laughs> the character wasn't really de- that developed. It wasn't he, very developed. He, yes. he hanged out with younger kids and he was friendly with her and then they kind of fell in love and then she was gone. Right. I, I don't really feel like I, I felt like I knew the princess a little bit. Yeah. But I don't, I don't really have a connection with the rest of these characters. They're just sort of there. I, I would agree. I mean, even her servants didn't have a lot of good, uh, a, a very good in-depth storyline behind them. If somebody with a kid between, let's say, the ages of 7 and 10 mm-hmm. comes to you and they want to know, should I show this movie to my kids, what would you say? Um, I would say this doesn't make sense, but if you want... I mean, I, I really... I mean, I don't think they would be old enough to really understand character plots and character analysis, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're at the age where they're learning about it. I said, well, if you want to watch something that's kind of confusing and but is interesting to watch, then you could watch it, but it may not you may it may not be for you. This movie, babe, strikes me as something that a lot of people in the performing arts would say that they liked it just to sound cool. But it's it's not a film that's really digestible. Huh. Okay. Yeah, this film's like one of the, this feels like a movie that you're supposed to say that you enjoyed, really, as opposed to actually really digging it. Okay, but that's my take. Okay, yes. Is there anything else you want to say about it? No. 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 Uh, okay. No. Yes. No. Did you have any dreams last night? 
I did not. I did. What did you have a dream about? I think, well, I, I know, but you could tell yeah. it here. I had a couple of dreams that I don't remember, but I have two that uh, are still <laughs> in my head. Okay. My friend who visited last week is in uh, the first one. Yes. So I go to get my second vaccination. And instead of going to the convention center like I did the first time, I go to some random office place. And my friend is one of the people who's running the office. There's a bunch of people who are waiting for their shots. We all start talking. And I'll say it like this. When me and my friend met each other in the training program in Colorado, Mm -hmm. there was a female student that did not get along with him. Okay. And she's kind of a bitch. Oh. She is in the... Tell us how you really feel about people. I will. (laughs) She had some good qualities, but she was... She, she wasn't that great. Yeah, she was raised rich, and she felt all entitled. Anyways. Oh, those rich ones. Okay. Yes. She is in the dream and there to get her saw. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to somebody who's coordinating all this and saying, um, well, they, they uh, rather, they explained to me that they're out of the FISA vaccine, which is the one that I got. So they're going to have to give me some experimental vaccine. Oh, the, oh okay. Or even the one, one that's yeah. even more so. Yeah. And I say, hey, I, I think I'm just going to get a shot somewhere else. Can you tell my friend? She goes in the back room to discuss it with him. And then I wake up. Oh. That's that dream. Oh, well. The second dream was... Maybe I should give some, some context for this. Okay. When people talk about Chris Rock and his stand-up comedy specials, yeah, they will often mention, like, Bring the Pain as his best work. Mm-hmm. Or the follow-up, which I, 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 I've seen it a bunch of times, but I don't remember the name of it. Uh-huh. But to me, his best special came out in 2004 and was called Kill the Messenger. Uh-huh. That's not only his best special, it's, I think... Maybe my favorite stand-up comedy special ever. Okay. Which is high praise, right? Uh-huh. Um, it's a go watch Kill the Messenger. But there is a routine he does in there about how, I think at the time he was either like 39 or 41, and he still loves rap music. hmm So. This is like back in 2004, right? Yes, I just said that, yes. Yes. In my dream, I'm hanging out at this farm near a tool shed, and I'm stepping over all these tools while hearing him do the routine again about how, yeah, I bet you didn't know I was that old. New Jack City was a long time ago. <laughs> and he starts talking about how back in the day it was a lot easier to like rap music because he still loves it, but he's tired of defending it. <laughs> and so I'm just stepping over tools and listening to this, and then I wake up. Oh, wow. That's weird. Yes. At a farm, too. Yes. That's a weird place to listen to it. Yes, yes, yes. Odd. Those were my dreams. That's really weird. Do you have any thoughts on them? I do not. Oh. I think it's interesting that you would have um, uh, people mix in your dream with, um, you know, uh, dreams of, of people in your your life and, and getting shots. That's kind of weird. Yes. I am getting a shot next week, so. Oh, oh I'm still sending you stuff, folks. Oh. Yes, you will. You have to send it soon. Oh, I will, Bubs. I will. Okay. okay. I will. You know what I think is odd, Bubs, thinking about people? Like, um, sometimes when I meet a person and they're in my life for a significant amount of time or maybe even for a few uh, months or so, they some of them end up in my dream. 
in my dreams. That just happens, yeah. It's weird, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is very strange. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. All right, J-Lo, is there anything else you want to say? Should we keep doing this? Do you want to grab a snack and then read something from the good book? Oh, goodness. What do you think? Yes, uh, grab a snack. I'll wash some dishes. Yes. And uh, then we'll, we'll come back. I first I need a kiss. Why? Because I do, okay? But I do, I don't. Okay, I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. No, I love them. Mm. All right. All right, babes. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye.